Hi, I'm Frank Ahrens uh, from Washington, D.C. I'm a principal at BGR Public Relations here um, with an interest and a bit of an expertise in Korea and things Korea-related. I spent three years running global corporate communications for Hyundai Motor at headquarters in Seoul as the only American there uh, and wrote a book about it um, called Soul Man, uh, which you can find on Amazon. Uh, since then, I've... Um, I have uh, tried to keep my hand in things, and I recently wrote a piece for Foreign Policy magazine about a pretty remarkable event that's, that's underway in the Korean corporate world. Uh, the Korean corporate world is dominated by these massive family-owned conglomerates called chebols. Uh, you may not know that word, but you will know their names, Samsung, Hyundai, LG, Kia. And uh, these companies have had a reputation for being run with an almost military-like discipline, um, total top-down uh, hierarchy, very different from what we know here in the West. Uh, but there's a big change underway, and uh, part of it is being driven uh, from the younger professionals in Korea, but part of it is being driven now by the third generation of these um, family owners. Many of them have gone to school outside of Korea and speak English uh, very well, unlike their fathers and grandfathers. And they have a more global view. And the one that I worked for, E.S. Chung, is the grandson of the founder of Hyundai Motor. And he recently became the chairman of the Hyundai Motor Group, which means he's in charge of Hyundai Motor, Kia Motors, and more than 40 affiliates that go with that, making him in many ways the second most powerful uh, corporate uh, entity in Korea after the head of Samsung. And so he uh, is making some pretty remarkable changes. Everything from at, at from headquarters that um, men no longer have to wear suits and ties. It's casual Friday every day at Hyundai headquarters. Uh, the hierarchy is breaking down. He says he wants new ideas from the bottom up. And it's a pretty remarkable change that's happening. And so I wrote about this. And I'm joined today by Dr. Ramon Pacheco Pardo from uh, King's College in London. And he is a real expert in this. He's made his academic career on this. He's a reader in international relations. Uh, and he's working right now on a very interesting and, and similar and complementary area to what I wrote about on the role of startups in uh, South Korea. And how do they navigate this uh, ecosphere against these mighty giant chebols? Uh, doctor, let me toss it to you and, and tell, tell us a little bit about your area of research and, and what you're finding. Uh, absolutely, because your article uh, rang a bell. I, I work with, together with a colleague uh, at King's on how uh, the government in South Korea is promoting uh, startups and how young people in, in, in South Korea, both men and women actually, uh, are uh, engaging in, in this process of launching their own uh, companies. So very interestingly, uh, they work together very often with with Chevrolet, such as uh, Hyundai that you were mentioning. So they will receive some mentoring uh, from the Chevrolet. Uh, they will share expertise, and and the idea behind this is that the, the startups uh, can bring new ideas uh, to the Chevrolet. Right? Sometimes big conglomerates might not come up with some ideas that those uh, outsiders might know about. Uh, but also the idea is that uh, these companies will be good for the uh, Korean economy as a whole. And since they are good for the Korean economy, they're also good for, for, for the Chevrolet. They can create uh, jobs, which means uh, they can also create consumers, for example, for, for Chevrolet products. So one of the things I wanted 
to ask you uh, very briefly, actually, is uh, in your experience, did you find uh, this Chebol Hyundai uh, willing to work with outsiders? Has this changed in South Korea in recent years? Well, it's interesting. The strategy in the past, there's never been a shortage of startups in recent history, but the strategy has always been for the big Chebol to simply buy them up buy up the technology and sort of absorb it into the body of the chebol. But it sounds to me now like they're building a bit more of a complementary relationship, which will create a, a more democratic uh, economic ecosphere, yes? Absolutely. And some, some of them, they still buy the startups and some entrepreneurs, they want to sell their, their startups to, mm -hmm. to the table. Uh, but some others have this uh, symbiotic uh, relationship in which the thinking from the chebol side is that if we allow these startups to grow, we will create these complementarities, but the entrepreneurs will continue to have their own ideas without being constrained sometimes of the structures that you find in, in, in bigger companies. And that's what I find interesting that you have the, the two routes, the buying up the startup route, but that route letting them uh, continue their development and, and, and have this symbiotic uh, relationship. So there is one, one, one last point maybe that I wanted to uh, ask you about, which is where do you think is this is taking us? You know, these younger people with uh, new ideas and these uh, business leaders, giving them more freedom. Well, here's my thinking. Uh, Korea is an economic miracle that has compressed 150 years of industrialization into about the past 60 by sheer brute force. If they can sort of release themselves of the shackles of this hierarchy, imagine the second great wave of the, what we could call the miracle on the Han uh, in, the next, uh, in the next 50 years into the fourth industrial revolution, AI, and everything else. Thank you very much for joining me. Goodbye.